When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the game plan. It's our Tuesday edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast off a... Big win over Kansas State and a big week ahead. Toby Rowland, the voice of the Sooners, joins us. And we just wrapped up not just the press conference, but also the what the Sooner Minute. Is that what you and Chad do? That's right. How, what did we learn? What did we learn at the Lincoln Riley press conference today? Anything stand out? Uh, as of right now, Lincoln is not going to be the next head coach of the <laughs> Cleveland Browns. <laughs> <laughs> we that's did learn the, that. That's the hot story of the day. Um, no word on Buki. No word on Buki, yep. which um, I've just I've come to expect out of Lincoln. There's just not going to be any injury news. There's no reason that he just doesn't want the other uh, guys to know whether guys are going to play or not. Um, I actually asked about Buki in the post game show. I was kind of proud of me because yeah, usually he, I just uh, he didn't tell I, you. I, I know that he's not going to tell me no. anything, and I figure you know he doesn't have a ton of time because I don't know if people realize this. Coaches when games are over just don't kick their feet up and enjoy the win. They immediately have media responsibilities, and then you know he wants some family time. And then pro- recruiting is yeah. crazy after a game. So sure. I usually try to maybe get an extra question about the defense or the offense because we're not normally going to get injury answers. And we didn't get one today. It's kind of no. one of those things where you got to ask, though, because fans right, want to exactly. know. And exactly. So exactly. Even if, if they're not going to answer, you kind of got to ask. So other than that, um, I, I just think – I don't know if we learned anything uh, that jumps out at me. I do think this is the week, though, where we find out about Oklahoma's defense. At least, you know, more answers. And I'm not – I think um, OU fans are curiously going to be watching. Right. I think other Big 12 fan bases are curiously going to be watching this game. And I think the college football playoff committee is going to be watching this game. Because, you know, what we've talked about it on this podcast a couple of times, what the midseason 
change to the staff did was allow a talking point to exist in that college football playoff room that, yeah, OU's got a loss, but since they've made the change, they have been a different team. Now, the other half of that formula is you got to go be a different team. And right. at least through the first two games on defense, they've been better. I think significantly better. Um, and we can talk about how and why if you want. But now they're going to go play. That's been against two fairly pedestrian offenses. Now they're going to go play an offense that is capable of being prolific. Texas Tech is not the Texas Tech of Patrick Mahomes on offense this year, but they are capable of putting up big points and big yards. And if Oklahoma gives up 50, then I think everybody looks at each other. Even if they win the game, everybody goes, eh, same OU defense. Maybe even if OU gives up 40, everybody looks at each other and says, same OU defense. But if they have a good night Saturday night defensively and win the game in Lubbock, I think Sooner fans and people around the country and people in that college football playoff committee room look at each other and go, hmm, this is a different Oklahoma team. Right. Do you expect any surprises? Period. Sorry, I left you at a No, weird no, no, because I'm with you. I think that's a good pregnant pause. It's very Jim Rome-esque. <laughs> what do you think, clones? And then just wait. Uh, Glenn Beck-esque, uh, uh. even if you want to add that. Um, are you expecting any surprises with that said tonight when the 14 playoff rankings come out just before you and Lincoln Riley get to talk? Because I am. Okay. What are you expecting? I think LSU is going to be number two. Uh, that could be. I, I think the I'm not like guaranteeing it or anything. I'm just that would be a mild surprise, I guess. If uh, you know, there's a couple of wins. I guess I would be surprised because there's a couple of wins that they had early in the year that looked really good. That a little bit of the luster's ta- been taken off of them. Amen. Much like Alabama, Louisville. That looked good at the time when you didn't know much about Louisville. Right. <sighs> kind of tanked since then. Yeah. And then the loss. Uh, is is Florida, uh, you know, not helping them a little bit. So, um, I think it'll be the three undefeateds and probably LSU, in in some order. Uh, I guess I would I would be wouldn't be shocked if it was Michigan instead of LSU, maybe. Oh yeah, because Michigan's loss is a, a really good loss, a road loss to Notre That's Dame. That's a really good point. Hadn't thought of that. Um, but. Any combination of the three undefeateds, I think the three undefeateds will be in, and then you've got your one-loss teams, LSU, Michigan, Oklahoma, and Georgia, that I think are going to be the next four in some order, and it really doesn't matter because it's going to – they all either got to play each other or, or, or some – it's going to work itself out. Did so. you know, and I, I don't know why, every year I always research this, and I guess I should just start keeping a notebook because every year it doesn't change. Last year was the first time that more than one of the initial four teams in the playoff rankings, or I'm sorry, yeah, more than one of the initial teams in the first 14 playoff rankings actually made the playoffs. Because you go back, what, we had Ole Miss, Mississippi State the first year, you know, when Oklahoma was 15 in 2015, ended up working their way up into the top four. Last year, three of the four teams that made really? the playoff rankings were in the first Interesting. poll. The only team that wasn't was Oklahoma. Do you know who was in there, though? Notre Dame. Yeah. Notre Dame was in there last year in the 14 playoff initial rankings. So this is nothing new with Notre Dame getting some of this early buzz. I just think their schedule shapes up this year, Toby, to where 
Boy, I, it, watch it, out Saturday. Who they got? Sa- oh, Northwestern at Northwestern. That's right. And Northwestern is leading the Big Ten West right now. They're getting better as the years gone along. Um, I mean, I'm not necessarily picking Northwestern Toby to win Rowland the game. Just called the upset right here on the game plan. It, it's possible. I mean, it's they, they are capable of winning that game, and uh, it, it's not that. I mean, it's not the most overwhelming atmosphere in the world playing in Evanston. Right. But they got a good, scrappy, hard-nosed football team. And I don't think Notre Dame can afford to lose a game. Oh, Without no. the conference championship game, I think a one-loss Notre Dame is not done, but pretty close to being done. I don't think they win a beauty contest with a one-loss conference champion. All right, so that's all the that's all the non OU stuff. Right. <laughs> Even though I could sit here and talk about this, I well, love we'll get a these chance. conversations. The good, the good news is now that committee's meeting every week yep. from here on, and so we we're going to get to talk about this the rest of the way. You know, I was thinking about it. My son, whenever I was in school, you got to report card once. Maybe you got a, a midterm update from a teacher. I get daily updates on where his grades are every day, emailed to me. Uh, same for my daughters. Now we get daily grades almost every, every week after you wrap up with your your exam, if you will, if you want to consider game day like a test, you're graded that following Tuesday by the 14 playoff by what matters. Because, again, the ultimate goal here is a championship. It's number eight, and yeah. I'm with you. I'm still thinking that you went out, you're right there. Now, Washington, Washington State is an interesting wild card. Who would have ever thought they sure. would be the team out of the Pac-12? Obviously, Notre Dame being in this mix, what happens between Ohio State and Michigan, but I'm still of the belief you went out, you're right there for Oklahoma, if how not about, guaranteed in. How about – all right, so that's the scenarios in college football. How about the scenarios in the Big 12 Ooh. just to get into the Big 12 championship game now? Because after Texas's loss Saturday night, I'm not so sure Iowa State isn't in the best position <laughs> True. to be that other team in True. the Big 12 championship game. Now – if, in fact, if Oklahoma wins out, and that's an if, they got to go. They got some tough games left here. I know that, but if Oklahoma wins out and Iowa State wins out, that's your matchup right there. Yep. That um, they've got Kansas, Kansas State, and Baylor still left, and the only road game in that crew is Kansas and at Texas. And I think it's going to come down to Iowa State playing Texas in Austin, and if they beat them. I think they're going to the Big 12 championship game. I think you're Now, things could happen, but they've already got the tiebreaker over West Virginia. That would mean they would have the tiebreaker over Texas. The only thing that could ruin the apple cart for them would be if OU was to lose to West Virginia. Then West Virginia would only have one loss, and OU would have the tiebreaker over them. But we we don't want that to happen, so we're living under the – uh, positive assumption that OU wins out. Um, I think there's, and you look at the strength of schedule or the or the toughness of the games left. Texas still has to go. Well, they got West Virginia this week, right? So those two teams are playing each other. Somebody's losing. Texas has to go to Texas Tech. Yep. Um, West Virginia still has to play at Texas and at OSU and OU, right? I'm just saying, I think Iowa State is maybe your odds-on favorite slightly over West Virginia and Texas at this point to get into the Big 12 championship I just had this moment where 
in my head, I thought, what's he doing looking ahead to these? And then I looked at the schedule and realized. We got four go. We got four games left. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Four. Like, who do you pick? Uh, if Texas and Iowa State played today in Austin, you would have to give the edge to Texas. Right. Home team. But, but not much. I mean, would you be stunned? Nope. Right? Not at all. So, I don't know. It, it, maybe not. Maybe, maybe giving the edge to Iowa State's too much, but it's – They've got a shot, a legitimate shot to be in the Big 12 and, championship And the game. more this season progresses and the better they get, Toby, the more impressive what Oklahoma did in Ames looks, I think. And it might have been one of their less efficient performances offensively. Right. And at times, their most impressive. I mean, that drive at the end of the first half, milking the clock in Ames, is still one of the most impressive The win is I've helping seen. them more and more as they go yep. along. And if you say, well – the Big 12 doesn't want that, or Oklahoma wouldn't want to play Iowa State in a Big 12 championship game. Um, I see what you're saying there. I think Oklahoma and Texas is a marquee matchup. It's a big-name matchup. It's the sexiest matchup that television could have, and it's it gives OU a chance to redeem themselves. So I'm with you. I think an OU-Texas rematch is the greatest possible Big 12 championship game. But you look at these other championship games that we're going to have around the country – uh, like the Big Ten, like I said, Northwestern is winning one half of that conference right now. In the ACC, Virginia is winning one half of that conference right Correct. now. Who knows who's going to be in the Pac-12 championship game? Right, could right? be Arizona. So the, <laughs> the SEC game is going to be good. I don't know who's going to be in it. But these other conference championship games are not shaping up to be juggernaut games right now. And so the Big 12 might find themselves with a pretty good matchup regardless of if it's Texas, West Virginia, or Iowa State, or Oklahoma, whatever the combination of those are that get in. Hey, before I let you go, you mentioned something. Let's follow up on it. What have you seen from the from the aerial? What have you seen when you've gotten some distance that's really clicked for this defense over the last couple of weeks? Well, and you sit next to one of the greatest <laughs> defenders in the history of I, Oklahoma. I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to relay. I'm going to be a, a echo board of what I hear from Teddy and Rufus. Um, you know, they've made personnel changes. I think they're working out well. They've made some schematic changes. I think they're working out well. I like how many bodies they're playing. That's that's something new. They're they're moving a lot of people on and off the field, really on both sides of the ball the last couple of weeks, but specifically on defense. Seems to be energizing guys. But by far, the biggest difference between this team on defense now and three games ago is tackling. They had one missed tackle Wow! in the Kansas State game. One. That's almost impossible to do. Uh, they had 20 in the Baylor game. Yep. They had 16, I believe, maybe 14 in the Iowa State game. This is a team plagued by missed tackles through the first half of the season. And against TCU and against Kansas State, when they have made contact, they have brought ball carriers to the ground. And you say, how important is that? Well, think back to Hakeem Butler. I mean, how many times? Twice in that game at Iowa State, he made a catch, shed guys, and ran for a touchdown. How many times did they have Sam Ellinger or Keontae Ingram stopped for no gain and they broke a tackle and ended up picking three or four or five yards up? Um it's the difference between winning and losing football games. And I don't know what they're doing different. 
I don't know if it's the drills in practice. I don't know if it's an emphasis in practice. I don't know if it is a, a pep talk, an attitude. I don't know why they're tackling better. But un- the last two weeks, they have undoubtedly tackled better. Now, like everything else defensively, that is going to be put in the pressure cooker on Saturday. Because what Texas Tech and Cliff Kingsbury love to do is put skill position guys in open space, and one-on-one, and say, good luck. And they're going to do that to OU. They've got a six-five receiver. Yes. Everybody's got one of these yep. six-foot-five receivers. They're going to line him up out there on Trey Brown or Trey Norwood or Parnell Motley or whoever it is, and they're going to throw the ball up to him. And it's a 50-50 ball for a reason. We may knock a few down. He may catch a few. But when he does, you got to get him to the ground. Um, they're going to throw some little bubble screens out to these quick five foot nine, five foot ten receivers in space, and you got to be able to make the play. They haven't ran the ball very well this year at all from the running back position. OU's got to keep that up. So I'm sorry, I'm going on and on here. Love but it. That is the biggest difference by far, and it's drastic what they're doing now compared to from Texas and before is the ability to tackle. All right, you got to get to the bottom tonight in the Lincoln Riley Coaches Show about Lincoln Riley the punter. How about that revelation? And, and no one followed up on it. I'm sitting over there. I'm thinking about raising my hand. I right. got to follow up on this. But tell us more about Lincoln the punter. Lincoln the punter. Hopefully, we'll find out tonight. I'll from get Rudy's. to the bottom before you. You know me. You're the man. Thanks, Toby. Have a great week. I'll right, see you, Chris. All right, coming up right now, it is the aforementioned Lincoln Riley presser. Another great win. Uh, you know, recapping the Kansas State game. You know, was a uh, like we said. Saturday after, just a very, very complete performance all the way around. Going back and watching the tape, we like a lot of games that go that way. You, you know, you're, you know, obviously a lot of things went well, but there's, you know, still a ton of issues, ton of things that we got to correct on all three sides. So we, we got a long ways to go as far as getting the execution to where we want it. But excited about our effort, and excited about how physical we played. Um, I would say one of the biggest highlights too would be, you know, in the second half. You know, getting a lot of those young players uh, in the game, you know, getting a chance to see some guys that haven't played a lot of snaps, got a few players in there that haven't played at all this season. And I thought uh, one of the bigger positives was compared to maybe some of the earlier games where we separated as well, our our young guys came in and played well um, and did a lot of really, really good things. And so, you know, it tells you guys are developing. You know, guys are getting better and better as the year goes on. Some of those guys will be ready to help us here in the back half of this year or certainly in the future. So I'm proud of the way that we stepped up. Uh, on the injury front, nothing really new to report other than uh, what we talked about the other day after. Um, uh, only, you know, thing very serious from the game was, was, uh, was Buki. Uh, it's not a long-term deal. What that means for this week or the coming weeks, I don't know yet. We haven't. We haven't had him in. Yesterday was their day off, so we'll see how he does here um, and how he responds to rehab throughout the week. Um, Texas Tech coming up, obviously, uh, you know, going to be an important game for us going down to Lubbock, which is always a, always a challenge, a very tough place to play. And I'm sure it'll be a great atmosphere there Saturday at 7 o'clock. Uh, you know, and, and Cliff's really done a nice job with this team. I mean, they, they've really. They've really played well. Um, the you know the young quarterback's playing extremely well for them right now, leading the Big 12 in passing. You know he's come in and you know he, you know he's a talented kid, um, and he's really taken to what what Cliff and those guys have taught him. And uh, so, getting the ball out, making good decisions. And they've got 
playmakers like they always seem to have. I know the, the Wesley kid as a receiver really stands out, you know, one of the best big receivers in this league, you know, leading the conference in a lot of different categories right now. So um, they're running the ball efficiently as well. Um, so, you know, offensively, Texas Tech's been good for a long time, and this year is certainly no different. Uh, you know, defensively, they've made a big jump. Uh, there's no question when you turn on the film, uh, this group is playing well together. The thing that, that you see is it's a lot of the same names and same people that we've been playing against now for two or three years, and these guys have gotten better. Uh, they're, they're very very physical defense. They're playing well together. A um, lot of experience, especially on the back end and in the linebacking core. You know, I think uh, Dakota Allen really stands out on tape. I think he's certainly one of the top linebackers in this league and in the country without, without a doubt. Um, safeties are very, very good players. Um, so uh, David Gibbs has done a nice job with that group. They're, they're, they have really taken some big steps forward, and I think you know a big part of the reason that team's off to a good start. So uh, we know the challenge it's getting ready to be. It's going to be a lot of fun down there, uh, hostile environment, uh, just like we like it. Uh, so can't wait to have a great week and get down there and play. People already firing your name out for the Cleveland Brown job. Do you have any interest coaching the NFL? <laughs> that was coming. Uh, no, not not right now. I, you know, you sit there and answer these questions, and I always want to be truthful. Um, the truth is, for me, is I love Oklahoma. Uh, I love coaching here. I love college football. I certainly don't have that itch right now. I uh, don't know that I ever will, but I'm never going to be a guy that's going to stand up here and say, no way, no how will any of these things ever happen. I, I, I don't know that, but I, I know right now I could care less about the NFL. We're trying, to, we're trying to win this game and trying to make a run that we all think we have in us right now. Lincoln, you and Cliff are kind of from the same tree, but when you watch their offense, is it real similar to what Oklahoma's doing right now? Yeah, there's there's certainly a lot of a lot of concepts that that carry over, you know, and, and then Cliff uh, has has done a great job of continuing to branch out, continuing to do new things. So he, you know, his offense, you know, doesn't look the same every single year. It's it's creative, it evolves. Um, you know, they do a good job of of maximizing the players that that they have and and doing a good job of building it around them. So I think. We look the same in some ways. We look different in some ways. But I think the the mentality, I think the way we try to tailor it to our guys and continue to evolve, I think there's a, a similar mindset. Yeah. Uh, what, what would you say is the biggest difference between what Texas Tech does in this particular type of offense versus everybody else that's trying to do a lot of the same things? Yeah, I mean, they, they've majored in it for a long time, you know, so there's a long history there, both the staff, all the players. I mean, that's that's all they ever that's all they've ever known. That's all they've ever done. Um, I think there's an expectation that level there to be very good offensively. I think that's something that was established a long time ago, you know, that is, has carried through. Uh, you know, and Cliff's one of the best ones out there. He's got a tremendous staff, several of those guys that, that uh, you know, had a chance to either play with or work with in the past. So he's got a great staff around him. They do a great job game planning. I mean, they, you know, a lot of things that they do well is, is you know, what we try to do well here. Lincoln, can you uh, maybe quantify the difference uh, that you guys defensively will be 
facing this week, uh, Ruffin and the staff and then the players on the field on Saturday, and what you guys faced last week and how stark of a change it's going to be in just a few days' time? Sure. Yeah, no, there's, there's a big difference schematically. I mean, obviously probably as big a difference as, as you'll see in this league from one team to the next. Um, but at, at the same time, you know, Kansas State does a lot of things that put you in tough positions schematically. These guys do the same thing. They just do it a little bit differently. And so no doubt we're going to have to be able to adjust to the, you know, the pace and tempo these guys can play with. Uh, obviously how well they've thrown the ball all year. And, and again, they've been very efficient running it as well. So, uh, you know, they've moved the ball on anybody and everybody, you know, and, and, and you know, with the mind like Cliffs and the rest of that staff, you're going to get challenged all the way around. So. Uh, it will be a challenge. Uh, we kind of know we're going to get challenged every single week in this league, but I think our, our guys will be excited for the opportunity. Quick follow-up, do you feel like the challenge, uh, do, you, do you feel like the team has evolved enough uh, with, with Ruffin as the defensive coordinator to just step in and, and, and take on that next challenge? Because it's, it's, like you said, it's quite a difference. Yeah, I don't know it's as simple as just stepping in. I mean, you know, the last couple of weeks we've had you know, complete weeks leading up to the games. We prepared well for, you know, what we thought we would see. Um, what the, you know, focused on key areas that we knew would be important to have a chance to play well and to win those games. We've been able to do that. It's going to be a different challenge this week, uh, but it's also we got to have a complete week and go play a complete game. Are we capable of that? Absolutely. Uh, everybody talks about the big receivers and how you guys match up with them. Is there a part of you that wants to see that yourself and how you guys have improved? And, and also, what areas are you better at now to better combat what they do that you think you've seen the last couple of weeks? Well, I mean, I think anybody you play that's d even decent at all on offense, you, you better play really good 11-man defense. If you don't, you know, people are good enough that they're, they're going to expose you. They're going to find your weaknesses, and they're going to – continue to go at them. So I do think the fact that we're playing just better as a whole right now is the is the is the biggest positive going into it. It's the biggest reason why we've played better in the last couple of weeks and we're going to need to obviously do it again here this week. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always excited to see our guys get challenged. Um, you know, that's uh, especially in, in great road environments like this. So should be a fun one. Uh, they, they've challenged everybody. We know we'll get their best. Uh, Lincoln, just the way the run games performed these last two weeks, how big is that for the office in terms of really opening things up even more for college passing it? Yeah, it's helped. It's helped. Uh, just kind of playing better all the way around right now. Uh, line's playing better. Backs are getting comfortable. You know, confidence is growing. Um, uh, it's made a big difference, no question. It's some, some of our efficiency the last couple of weeks can be directly attributed to that. So we'll, we'll need to do it again here, you know, on this front's Done a nice job stopping the run. Very physical front, very experienced line linebacking group. Uh, so just like the defense is going to be challenged, our offense will be challenged as well. It, we watched Baker for three years kind of develop into the quarterback he was. But just getting to see Kyler have you know one full year in college, I don't know if you would consider him at Baker's level right now in the way he's playing. But what what did you see? What was, happened behind the scenes that? made you know he was ready to, to perform like this? Whether it was sitting out that year, just, you know, having a little bit of experience at A&M. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, you know, the, probably the whole journey, you know, gets you ready for this. I mean, he's, he's been at big moments, uh, you know, even early on in his life, you know, so felt like that, you know, if he, if he won the job that he would be ready for the opportunity. Um, 
you know, he got to kind of come in here, catch his breath. He got to, you know, sit a year, work on the scout team. He got to be a backup quarterback. He got to kind of go through some things that he hadn't been through before, but were really important for his development. And then I would say, you know, throughout all that, he, he stayed, he stayed positive. You know, he stayed excited. He was uh, not too impatient for his opportunity. And uh, I think that, that patience, the hard work through all that is paying off right now. Just because he's, he was so well-known when he came in here, he has such a history uh, in the state of Texas. Do you think it's kind of been overlooked at how he's playing, being that this is really his first year as a starter? I, I don't know if I can say overlooked. I, I don't know how it's being looked at. I mean, yeah. No, I mean, he's, I mean, the guy's playing at an extremely high level. I mean, there's, you know, you know not many people have played the position you know, especially in their first year as a starter, you know, like he's like he's played for us, and uh, he's he's done a good job staying focused. You know, not you know blocking out everything from the outside and continuing to improve. And uh, we're going to need him to keep doing that. Lincoln, the trick play of Basquin Rambo didn't work, but what's been the biggest difference with Charleston during the last month is. He's starting to see the field more and more. Yeah, he's practiced. He's practiced well. You know, he's made a lot of plays on the practice field. Uh, when he's had game reps, he's gone in there and done a nice job. Um, you know, when we want to continue to get him more involved. He's a talented kid. We think he's got a lot of upside. You know, he wasn't he wasn't healthy early in the year, so he's back healthy now. Uh, flying around, kid can really run. He's got nice hands. I mean, he's got a he's got an intriguing skill set. So we want to continue. Yeah, he can help us right now and obviously has a chance to be a, a good part of our future as well. Uh, Caleb Kelly's kind of he's past the point of no return now for games played um, to redshirt. Can you give any extra insight into you guys' conversations, what led to him and, and you guys just coming to that decision that he was gonna that he was gonna stay? Yeah, was was mostly his decision. Um, you know, there were certainly opportunities both defensively and special teams wise and uh, you know, and continue to talk with him. He was he's ready to play. You know, and he's been he's been improving at, at inside linebacker. You know, I think he'll continue to have a chance to 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 have a bigger and bigger role there going forward. He's done a nice job for us on special teams. Um, so it was um, I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't super uh, dramatic or anything like that. Just got to a point where yeah, we're going to play. What did you think? I mean, in, in the timing of it, Mike. He was so close to Mike. Um, you, you know, Mike moved on. <laughs> Uh, it could have been easy at that point for him, I think, to say, uh, I think I'm just going to sit out the rest of the season. But what do you think about his decision, kind of in hindsight, to, to stick it out? Uh, it shows his commitment to this program and this team. You know, and that's, you know, I, I know that's a hot topic out there right now. And, and listen, we all want to do, you know, what's, we all want to, you know, try to find a balance between what's best for the team and what's best for the individual as much as we possibly can. But, you know, that's why. I, that's why there's a lot of championships here because we got guys that that care about the team that much, like Caleb. How good did the uh, defensive line play the other day? It seems like there's been a different level of aggression the other day, but also the last couple of weeks. Yeah, really good. Uh, you know, we didn't. There wasn't a ton of opportunities for for sacks, um, just with the nature of the game. But we we controlled the run game, you know, which was the absolute key to the game, you know, and controlling. Controlling their tailback, controlling their run game was was a big deal, and we really controlled at the line of scrimmage. We kept our backers free. Uh, we got penetration in the run game. Um, so yeah, I thought we did a nice job. We really did. It was 
it, we've had bigger stat games, you know, more sacks, more TFLs, all that. But as far as just pure, uh, purely just how well we played down in down out, it was it was one of our best performances. Yeah, Coach, you guys actually you have the advantage in time of possession these last two games. I know that's a stat that can be misleading, but is it encouraging to see that, especially given at times the difficulty getting off the field defensively earlier in the season? Uh, I wouldn't say because of that. It's just it's always good when you can, you know, we've been able to get up these last two games, and then once we've gotten up, we've been able to control the clock, and that's, uh, that's a really good recipe for winning, and uh, so hopefully we can continue to do that. Kenneth Murray just a little bit ago was saying that you and Ruffin kind of describe each other's best friends. And what what is that relationship with you guys like? You know, just off the field, but also um, how you've always been together for a long time out coaching. Yeah, it's it's evolved a lot over the years. It was more, you know, you know, more father son like at, at the early years at Texas Tech. I'd joke with him and say grandfather grandkid, but he doesn't like that. Um, you know, and then and then, as I got older, um, working you know with him and then for him at ECU, um, we continue to be close. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's just a relationship built on trust, a long history, having gone through a lot of ups, a couple of tough moments together too, and uh, so there's there's a lot of history, a lot of trust, um, know what each other's thinking quite a bit. You know, we got the ability to kind of play off of each other. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's just one of those that you, you know, it, it wouldn't be the same had we not spent all this time together for sure. Yeah, Lincoln, do you, do you like the way the Big 12 replay system is working? Do you have any problems with it? Do you know, even know how it works? Yeah, it, yeah. No, I'm familiar with the command center and all that. Yeah, I think it's been, uh, I think it's been fine. I haven't had, I haven't had any complaints. I mean, there's always going to be some that you agree with and some that you don't, but it seems like it's being, you know, fairly efficient and I don't have any complaints. Lincoln, you talked about their defense earlier. Are they doing something different this year? They're playing different. Is it just players growing up in their system? I think simply that. I mean, kind of kind of like we have the last few weeks. They're playing, they're playing more 11-man ball. Uh, you know, getting around the football, they're creating a lot of negative plays. Um, and again, you just see a lot of players out there that, you know, don't look like the same player that they did two or three years ago. I mean, guys have just played a, a ton of ball together, experience. You can tell they kind of know where each other's going to be. They're physical, they're playing excited. Uh, so those guys have done a great job over there as far as taking the steps they needed to take. When Mike Leach came here in 99 and brought the air raid, there was very little quarterback run game. Did you evolve into saying, well, is this is something important that I want to do? A little bit. Uh, I had a guy that could run uh, my first couple of years at, at ECU. We did uh, Dominic Davis, and, and we started to kind of little by little incorporate some things there. We thought it was kind of interesting with all we had in the passing game, that if you could add that element to it, you know, it, we, we got, you know, especially in those early years, just some really easy plays, some easy big plays, easy scores off of it. And then we've continued to evolve on it uh, based on who your quarterback is, what your old line's like, how they're playing you. But I think at least the threat of it, you know, whether you can sit there and argue how much you do it, how much you should, how much you shouldn't, keeping guys healthy. I mean, that's all a, all a part of it. But I think having that threat right there is tough to replace. 
Yeah, earlier you said, Lincoln, that you love Oklahoma and you love college football. What, what do you love about Oklahoma and what do you love about college football? Well, Oklahoma been, has been great to me. You know, they didn't have to give me a shot three years ago and certainly didn't have to give me a shot a year and a half ago. And uh, so, I, you, know, I, you know, that's something I'll never forget uh, because, you know, opportunities like this are, you know, I, I realize how lucky I am to have gotten one, really two here. Um, and I think we've got everything, you know, that we need here to be successful for a long, long time. Um, you know, really like living here. I like, I just like everything about this place. And uh, so, um, yeah, it's just, you know, they've been good to me and we got a chance to, like I said, we're doing some great things right now and I think the future is going to continue to get better and better. So it's just all positive in my, in my mind. What was the first part of the question? Yeah, I, I, I like the age group a lot. You know, I like these guys are kind of still in that, kind of in that, in the middle between, you know, being young, being a teenager, and then starting to develop into grown men. So it's a, it's a pretty impactful time for guys. And so I, I enjoy this part of it. Kind of enjoy the teaching where a lot of them know the base fundamentals so they can, you know, you can, but there's still some just pure teaching and coaching that goes on. Uh, I like the atmospheres. I like the rivalries. I mean, I, you know, there's, you know, it's one of the most popular sports on earth for a reason. Lincoln Austin Cyber, one extra point away from breaking an NCAA record. I think he's <laughs> 11 points away from uh, tying OU's scoring record. What's the most impressive thing to you about what Austin Cyber's done during his time here, and how much better has he gotten? That he's done it that he's been able to do all three and manage it. I mean, it's people that haven't done that and me included, I punted some, but I never, I never kicked. I mean, to be able to do all three is, I mean, it's, it's, it's rare. I somebody compared an office the other day. It's like being able to swing a golf club right-handed and left-handed. I mean, you, you got to, they're so different and they're different challenges. And then, trying to improve at all three and be as good as he has been at all three. I mean, it's just, it's remarkable. And then his consistency, you know, he's, he's uh, for many years here, he came in and, and, and did it as a, as a freshman, you know, which is tough to do. He made some big kicks and some big environments for us throughout the years, really steady mentally, you know, rock solid guy that, that doesn't get too up or too down uh, with any success or the few times that he hasn't had success, he's been able to handle it. Um, so he's got a, he's got a pro mindset, you know, and a great skill set to go along with it. As we're entering November, the Big 12 appears to be shaping up into kind of a three-team race, but we look back to last week and we see a couple of significant upsets. Kansas beats TCU uh, and Oklahoma State beats Texas. What does that say about the conference in general? And is that a good thing to have parity to where your middle teams can beat your top teams and your lower teams can beat your middle teams? Absolutely, it's good. I mean, it means the, the league is strong. And uh, I think there's a lot of similarities last year where it's, you know, and, and which I feel like we're in a, going in a good direction that, that you do have that. I think some of these teams that perennially had been towards the bottom, you know, are getting better. They're challenging teams. Um, and I think at any, in any given week, anybody's capable of beating anybody. And I think that's the mark of a great league. I mean, that's, that's what you want. You know, you want, you know, there's always somebody's got to be at the top and somebody's got to be at the bottom at the end of the year, no matter how you slice it. But when it's competitive and, and there's really good players in the league and really good coaches and programs that are on the rise, 
uh, that's absolutely nothing but a positive. Well, for the bit for the uh, Big Twelve getting a playoff spot, though. Uh, you know, pe people argue that back and forth. I I can't imagine how your league being good though could hurt you. And I mean, I you know I know the argument that everybody you know then teams beat up on each other this and that. But you know, if a team can fight their way through this league, win the championship, have a great year along with it, then I think they're going to be in great shape. Terry, Lincoln, uh, your offensive line the last couple of games is it? starting to kind of remind you of the way that those guys played the last couple of years? It's not fair to say. Uh, I think more than anything, we're starting to play closer to what we think we're capable of. You know, we felt like this group had a chance to be, you know, pretty good. And, you know, we've really started to settle in, like I said the other day with Creed at center. You know, that's getting that position solidified, you know, has, has made a big difference. And uh, he's, he's, he's done really well. Guys that play well around them, you know, Cody Ford's move to tackle has been a, you know, has been certainly a success. Um, so the things that needed to happen for us to be really good have happened, and now you see that process starting to, you know, starting to take hold, and you see the the plays starting to show up. Uh, you guys, last three years, the only college football team that hasn't lost in the month of November. What's been the driving force during those months, and what have you seen during your time here in Oklahoma? Yeah, we've had a lot of tough games in November. Um, I've had to play in tough venues like we're getting ready to this week. Uh, we, we've continued to get better. You know, the, we have continued. Our, our practices probably throughout the last several years have, have been at their best. Our players have been at their best. Um, our mentality has been at its best this time of year when a lot of other people are, are getting tired of it, getting tired of the grind, the process, tired of all the little things these guys got to do day in and day out, you know, and our players have embraced it and they've, and they've worked hard and, and uh, continued to improve and taking it one game at a time. So that'll be our challenge again here this year. Barry? Yeah, Lincoln, um, when we uh, talk about Austin Siebert, is there a danger in using a guy, not because of tiring or work load, but just if he pulls a hamstring, all of a sudden you got three. If he pulls a hamstring in Lubbock in the yeah. first quarter, you got yeah. three holes to fill. Yeah. Oh, wait, believe me, it's it's crossed our mind. Um, we're actually, we're probably right now a little more prepared to handle something like that. You know, we've signed a couple of guys here in the last few years with, with uh, you know, with Gabe Burkett, with Reeves Munchow, Callum Sutherland's done a really nice job for us as well behind the scenes. So we've 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 prepared for a if something happened to Austin, and also the post Austin you know uh, situation we'll be in after this season. And so uh, uh, I would say if, you never want to lose a guy like that, but I would say in all the years, if something happened right now, I'm probably the most confident we would be able to handle it and move along. Uh, I think still at a pretty high level. Like if it happens in a game on a road game, do you take all those guys that you mentioned to Lubbock with you? Yeah, we normally do. Yeah, for that reason, and and we're able to because you end up saving spots by Austin really covering three spots in one, so we're able to take maybe more backups than we would traditionally be able to use. Tyler, what did you kind of feel like going back to coach at Lubbock the first time uh, when you went back to to coach against them, and what do you feel like it'll be like this week as a head coach? Yeah, it was a, it was really unique. It was one of the more unique feelings I've ever had in a game. Um, yeah, just coming in that other tunnel and you know so much history there, uh, so many good memories there. So it was uh, it was unique. And then on top of it, the game was you know one of the wildest ones ever. Um, 
So yeah, there, there were some mixed emotions for sure, uh, and probably will be in this one as well. But it's it's you, you enjoy ones like this, you know, where there's a little storyline behind it, some history behind it, two good teams going at it, good atmosphere. Saturday night, ABC. That's that's what it's all about. Uh, Coach, how, how do you feel about the way your running game has developed in the last couple of weeks? The reason I ask, you know, we talked about November. One of the constants has been that you guys have been able to pound people on the last several years on the run game at this time of year with weather and such. How critical is it, and how do you feel about the way it's developed? Yeah, no, that's that's, that's a good point. It's it's been it's been a big key for this November run that Eric asked about earlier. It's uh, you never know what kind of conditions you're going to play in this time of year, and you know they're not always you know perfect for throwing the football you know 50 60 times a game and uh, so you, you got to be able to do both you got to be able to run to win championships you need to be able to run here at the end of the season when you're playing in your biggest games against against your best opponents and uh, so it's certainly a big focus point this has been the sooner sports podcast make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at soonersports.tv/podcast and make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.